Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon. Brandon Wong Pickups. Hey, everybody. This is me, Todd Novak. We are super thrilled that you are listening to our show, The Guitar Knobs Podcast. That's right. And uh, let's see, eeny, meeny, miny, Tony. What do we do on the show, buddy? We like to talk to builders and purveyors of fine musical instruments and amplifiers and pedals and the occasional reviewer of said things and and even more occasionally uh, other podcasters. That's true. We're the champions of the boutique builders. The little guy, the, yes. Go- the, the Davies, not the Goliaths. Yes, we, 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 we unscrew the little light bulb and put in the biggest one we can. LED. <laughs> I don't know. For the you know, spotlight or whatever. Okay, anyway. Blah. Um, hey, who do we have on the line that fits that one of those descriptions? This is Blake Wyland. I'm from the Tone Mob podcast. I'm stoked to be here. Yes. The Tone Mob. Hob, pod, uh, let me try that again. Yes. The Tone Mob. <laughs> Tony almost shot beer out of his nose here. Hang on. We're really excited to have you on the show. We ran into Blake at the uh, at the NAM convention. I'm sure you're sick of hearing us talk about the NAM. But We've never talked about the NAM show, we should, have we? We should do this show, whole show <laughs> on it. No, I'm just kidding. We, we absolutely will not. Um, but it was a real pleasure meeting him and, and getting to just kind of chat, um, seeing a, a brother in microphone arms. And uh, and we were wearing the same shoes, which is cool too. Uh, oh, speaking of that, uh, Blake, after the show, you're gonna have to go to my Instagram and watch. Uh, you know, because you like these kind of shoes. I just posted some about these my new ones. I think you'll just get got it. some new ones. Oh, you'll get it. Nice. And probably I have just a good got laugh. Some new ones too. But I went. I went off. I went off brand. I'm rocking, some, I'm rocking some Jordans right now. Hey, that's so. cool. Not the only one. Yeah. Jared loves the sneakers. All righty, everybody. we got a couple of announcements that we're going to hit real quick, and then we'll get into all the good stuff. Um, Let's see. Gentlemen, do you have any announcements? I do not have any announcements this week. Jared? Uh, Not this week. Excellent. Nice, That was just to get up. Manners. Jared's little skirt there. Um, okay. Hey, I want to call attention to our friend, Jeff Schroeder. Uh, you've heard us talk about him many times. He's been on the show twice. He's the guitarist of Smashing Pumpkins and a good friend of our podcast. And he started something new called Aesthetic Records. That's ezz dash. T-H-E-T-I-C records. And so I'm just going to read the little blurb. I'm not going to paraphrase because he spent a lot of time writing it. And, um, you know, he sent us a nice little something. Yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, all right. Thanks, Chad. Uh, so his uh, the, the, the thing that he's doing here, um, he, he did a, a mashup here uh, between Aesthetic Records, which he just started, which I'm sure you're going to hear more about, and Metric Coffee. And this is called The Day of Reckoning. Uh, It says Day of Reckoning is the first volume in a DIY collaboration between Aesthetic Records and Metric Coffee Company from the minds of Smashing Pumpkins, Jeff Schroeder and Metric Coffee's Xavier Alexander. Day of Reckoning brings a community of Chicago artists from music, production, design and specialty coffee together for a single expression of independent experimentation. Holy moly. So. He sent us a nice uh, gift box with with this special coffee, a special what's, piece of art. What's this thing? That is, and a cassette tape. A cassette, a cassette tape. tape, man. A red, 
uh, acrylic. What do you do with this? Transparent red acrylic. Put it in the cassette deck. Yeah, but uh, but it also has a download, so you can use that too. Oh, but it's really cool. I got a nice cassette deck at home. That's the music is actually is just it's really fantastic. Uh, How's the coffee? Check them out on Instagram. Go to Aesthetic Records, or I I think it's just yeah, Aesthetic Aesthetic Records. E Z Z dash T H E T I C Records. Or and if you can't find that, track down uh, Jeff on Instagram, and and I'm I know he's got posts about it. So that's really exciting. This is something that he's always wanted to do, um, start a record company, and he has done so. It's so really it's cool. Really exciting. Packaging is really neat. Congratulations, Jeff. Um, we also uh, we also want to encourage. So the, you know, occasionally we get posts about people out in the wild who like our show and. Um, usually they're wearing one of our shirts. And so this week we had our, our buddy, John Anglin, who was actually, you know, on stage doing his thing. And he had on one of our shirts and, uh, he took us, somebody took a snapshot of it. So if you've got one of our shirts for Pete's sakes, take a picture of it and, and post it, uh, send it to me. We'll repost it or tag us in it and we'll repost it or whatever, but oh, we'll somehow it'll get reposted. Didn't, didn't Oliver Gonzalez have one? Yeah, he Oliver did too. Music yeah. Mesa. Right. He did. He was, uh, he was at a convention. Music Mesa. Yeah. He's, also he's send doing us all kinds your, of great uh, stuff. Would you rather's too? We love to get would you rather's. Yes, yes, indeed. Send us your would you rather's. All right, everybody. That's lots of announcement type things. <gasps> Ooh. So listen, we had a heck of a time. <laughs> Actually, we were having a good laugh, right? Like uh, we, two podcasters, trying to actually connect over the things that we use on a weekly basis with. Uh, oh yeah. I have not had that much problem in quite some time with the actual connection. Yeah. I was like, this will be no problem. We have got, I'm sure we all have like three or four different methods and it's like, okay, well we went through three of them. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I got a power nap and while you guys figured it out, (laughs) he did. So two podcasters walk into a bar. (laughs) Exactly. That was exactly. (laughs) Yes. Oh, ouch. And both say, ouch. (laughs) All right. Well, it was. But we did it, and that's what's important. We We're did. Here. We persevered. See, unlike non-podcasters who maybe would have given up, you know, forty minutes ago, we yes, persevered, right. and we're like, well, no, the show must go on. And you're it did, it did take happen. that long. And you're as clear as a bell. <laughs> yeah, and, and see, we were just about to use the phone uh, version of you know how this was going to work on our on our thing, but uh, I said we both actually sort of like, no, 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 no. We want to make sure that for this one, especially we get the best quality that we can. So I appreciate that from you over there in, uh, you're in Oregon, right? Yes. 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 Uh, um, I love, I love Oregon, but it's, uh, it's, it's gray right now as to be expected for this time of year. But, sure. uh, here we are. Um, yes. Doing our thing. Yep. Uh, I got a real big shout out. I got to give to road microphones. Uh, thank you so much road microphones for helping us to record our thoughts, opinions, and nonsense on the road Procaster series microphones and the new Rodecaster pro production studio. This thing is awesome. We are really loving it. It is taking the place of our beloved Franken monster, um, podcast machine, which, um, I don't know. We're, we're going to have to like, spray paint it in gold and put it somewhere, you know, bronze when it. it's done, bronze, Let's bronze it. it. 
Uh, but the, uh, the pro, uh, Roadcaster Pro Production Studio is working out great for us. And thank you so much to Road for helping us out with that. And uh, check them out if you're interested in doing your own podcast or you're interested in using this. You can record your own band with this. You don't have to record podcasts. You can, it's, got, it's got four inputs. Hook up four microphones. That's record all you yourself, need. man. That's it's all, all good need. stuff. So big thanks to them, Road Microphones. So... Ah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, what did we do this week in music guitar stuff? Jared. Oh, so uh, today on my way here, um, I had with me a box I got in the mail today from a, a customer of mine that I do a lot of business with, and I repair a lot of pickups for their uh, company, uh, their shop, and... So I got here up into the office early, and I go to open the box. And to my surprise, it wasn't what I thought it was. Uh, last week, I was looking at at uh, getting a digital stereo chorus flanger, one of those Digitech 1700s. And and uh, I, I bought it, and I went back and forth with a guy on Reverb about it and all that kind of thing. And it's in mint condition. It's very clean with the box and the instructions and all that kind of thing. And uh, you get it out and you look at it. It looks like it hasn't even been touched or, or used at all. Wow. Like he just unboxed it. This is really, really cool. And, and that uh, is a retro old D box. Yeah. It's it's really cool. Oh, that's so cool. Do you know what year this is? I don't. But the funny thing is the guy who I got it from is my customer. That's awesome. I haven't even contacted him yet. I said, hey, you know that's me that bought that that Digitech thing, and we went back and forth on it. It was probably one of his employees that I haggled with, but I actually got that for like, you know, eighty. Don't say the name, maybe eighty-five, ninety bucks. That's that's awesome. So it, it it's pretty inexpensive for. It's one of it the uh, Digitech slant front with the dual, real shallow pedals on it. Yeah, um, it's and it, like, it's a, like the soft touch kind of like, and it's made in USA. It's a yeah. It's the chorus flanger seventeen hundred. Yeah, um, it's gray. It looks uh, mid, maybe late eighties. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe nineties too. I don't know. No, yeah. this is probably mid early. Actually, this could be early eighties. Yeah. Well, anyways, There's there a, it is. It's yeah, got a serial it, uh, number on it, so we need to look it up and find out when that was made. Yeah. What I really like about it, what I would really wanted wanted to to see how it sounded like, is because it had the two outputs, you know, the A and the B, because I do use two cabs yeah. for stereo. That's so. Of course he does. I'm reading some of the, the, like, there's a sticker on the back. It says, for AC operation, use a 10-volt DC negative ground power supply. There's no such animal. It's I was a, just going, wait, what? Yeah. Is, it says, no. for battery operation, use one EverReady number 216 battery or equivalent. To preserve battery, Engineers. disconnect input when not in use. And it tells you here, this is how you know when the battery is bad. LED will dim and distortion will be present when battery is depleted. Ooh, <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. What are you talking about? So it not only is it a chorus flanger, it's a distortion pedal. I like once that. Once the battery wears Yay, out. Put a dead bat through it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love this thing, man. I can't wait to go home and try it out. That would actually be really interesting to run a dead bat through that. Yeah. You know? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm sure people have experienced that noise back in the day. Yeah, that's really interesting. nine volts and stuff. I don't know. But yeah, very, I, very I'm cool. I can't wait to try it out, man. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, Blake, let's hear from you, buddy. Let's see. This week, well, I mean, 
this week's kind of new, so not a lot has happened technically this week. But last week, quite a bit of stuff happened. Um, we'll take one it. Of the most, one of the most interesting uh, gear things that happened is I've got this 1961 Champ, uh, like a tweed Champ that uh, was my grandpa's. And it sounds pretty good, but obviously the 8-inch speaker in there lacks a little bit of lots of stuff. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I got hooked up with uh, John Sanchez from WGS. He came on my podcast here a few weeks ago, and he's local. And he's like, hey, we've got this really awesome 8-inch Alnico speaker like specifically for champs and things like that if you want to give this a try. And he came over, and we fumbled around and figured out the cord situation and got this speaker installed and man it at first it was like yeah this sounds a little bit better and it, but it was brand new not broken at all and then after about 40 minutes it was like oh oh yeah this is this is what this thing needed so yeah that champ is is it sounded good before but now it's really singing so that's I'm, awesome I'm pretty stoked on it it was that, good when you got it figured out yeah i didn't know that i didn't have it figured out but i i didn't because this is a significant improvement to say the least wow uh, one of my uh, close friends, Mark Chenzo, who runs a, a recording studio, uh, he, when he gets new speakers uh, or, or like a new amp with some maybe, he's not sure how old the speakers are, he basically, he's got a like a white noise, a variable white noise, so it isn't just, it's got, it's got a fluctuating um, frequency. And he essentially just sticks it in his ISO cab and uh, runs it for like 24 hours or 48 hours. He just runs it, just lets it go. And essentially, it's just, it's enough flexing. You're not like pushing tons of air, but you're, you're, you're basically just stretching, flexing it, warming it up. So you're getting it going. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something you can do. I guess you just turn on your looper pedal and, you know, just don't let your tubes burn out. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll do it. The, I'm just going to do it the natural way because these are the these. They're not probably the original because uh, but they're definitely old tubes and I'd hate to barbecue them prematurely. Yeah. So yeah. I'll just I'll just rock it for sure. Just get better over time. That'll the, work the, the old fashioned way. But that is a that's definitely a technique I've heard from from lots of people. That's a really it's a it there is definitely something to it unless unless the uh speaker manufacturer pre breaks them in that it definitely has a, an impact like that noticeable, is, not, yeah. a, not a psycho, not even a psycho acoustic thing. Cause I, I was not, ex- I was like, Oh yeah. I'm like, why does it sound better all of a sudden? And John was kind of explaining it to me cause he's the speaker guy. Gotcha. Well, that's mighty fine. Tony, what about you, buddy? Well, this, this week I've been, catching up with um, Earthquaker Devices series called Bored to Death, mm-hmm. B-O-A-R-D. And um, a buddy of mine had sent a, a link for uh, for uh, a Doug Gillard episode. Doug is uh, with Guided by Voices and Not a Surf and Cobra Verde. And um, I'm a big GBV f- <coughs> fan. And uh, I'll edit that. Oh, oh, yeah, you will not edit that. <laughs> That was a good clear-throater thing. Yes. Okay, go ahead. So, (laughs) huge GBV fan, and really, I like uh, the work that that Doug does. And at my shop, the unofficial kickoff to every day is uh, we listen to Pop Zeus, which is a Robert Pollard, Doug Gillard 
composition. And at the end of this, the video that he's demonstrating various pedals and things that he has on his board, he goes into the, into the pop Zeus riff and plays most of the song. Oh, that's cool. So it was kind of fun. That was a nice treat. But yeah, but I, I also spent, I mean, I also like the, uh, the Nels Klein one from Wilco and oh my God, he is, he's just insane. Yeah. I mean, it, it just lots of, lots of things like you, you like the, the noisy stuff. I do like noisy stuff. I don't like either one of those bands at all. Well, I appreciate that you do. We'll just edit that out then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, but that, yeah, other than, you know, the normal humdrum stuff, I've been, I've been catching up. I'm expanding my horizons. I'm, I'm becoming a pedal guy now. Oh, excellent. <laughs> yeah. Fine. You, you, you have loads of pedals. I know. I yeah, just don't use them. Just... <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I can't hear the word humdrum without thinking of the buzzcocks. Ah. I know, I, it's impossible. There's just certain trigger words that that's a sickness I have. Well, what's going on in your world, dude? Well, I'm so glad you asked, buddy. Uh, we got a box of, we got a box from Greece. Opa! Yeah, there's oh. about 28 Grecian stamps on it. It was kind of neat. Does it have Grecian and it formula? Looked, like it literally, all the <laughs> words and everything on there is like, this, does, this doesn't even look real. This doesn't right. look like real words. Because it's all it's literally Greek, and uh, it's Greek to me, right? It, it was Greek it's, to me. Isn't it, it Cyrillic? No, no, that's Russian. That's, yes. Okay. Uh, anyways, point being, there was a box of jam in it. A jam, jam pedals. Mm, uh, I like yeah, jam. Jam pedals from Greece. So they sent us out some pedals. Uh, we're gonna have them on the show, and we're gonna check them out and get familiar with them and play with them. Um, it was really fun, really neat. Nice people over there. And nice packaging. I was going to say that. Really nice packaging. They went, through, they definitely go the extra mile. And I don't, not necessarily um, extravagant, just thoughtful packaging. Uh, it's pretty darn nice, man. It's good. It's real good. Dude, we got to get into your four on the floor, my man. Let's do this. Oh. One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. Blake Wyland from Tone Mob Podcast. We're dying to hear your four on the floor. Take it away, my man. You, you, I, I don't know if you understand how difficult of a task this is for me. This is a very, very challenging to, to, for me to go to with just four pedals. I haven't played with just four pedals since I discovered what guitar pedals were. <laughs> like, like I've, I, that's an exaggeration. But like, seriously, I, I'm a, I'm as a lot of people know, and I don't know if your listeners know or not, but I'm, I'm a pedal addict and I'm perfectly okay with it, but I am a pedal addict and I, I can't really imagine having a board with less than 10 pedals on it, but yeah, that's me. I, I, uh, I, I'm trying to, this was, this was a big task for me. And so I was trying to cover like most of the grounds that I would normally cover, um, with with a big board and so that was a little bit challenging but so first i got to go with a, a good overdrive just a good solid all-around overdrive and every time i plug in the wrought iron effects or crisp it just brings a huge smile to my face because a it has a sword on it that lights up so let's let's be honest how yeah you, you can't go wrong there <laughs> and and it, it it just looks amazing and it sounds absolutely incredible. It's a great overdrive. Ed does excellent work. And that's been kind of when people have asked me what my favorite overdrive is the last few months, that's the one I tend to point people to just because I, I just really, really like it. And the name um, one more time. 
the wrought iron effects or crist or crist so, or crist. Yeah. Very, That's the first time nice. on uh, on the four on the floor yeah, that we've had that. that one so you guys like to be the champion of the little guy. This is you know Ed is definitely the little guy. He's doing everything himself. He's uh, he puts in a ton of work and 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 it's all amazing. So I I think he's he does really great work and he also makes straps. It's another thing he does. So oh, oh cool um, yeah right Big on shout out to we'll Ed. To he's, a, he's an awesome dude. Super cool dude. Right on mm. number two. Number two, this is a, th- I would have chosen differently, except that this, this pedal recently came back into my life. I, it was on, out on a loan and, and I forgot how much I loved it and how crazy it can get or not if the case uh, calls for it. And that would be the Keeley uh, Loomer. Mm. I love the Loomer. Oh yeah. The fuzz circuit in it is really cool. It sounds sort of op amp muffish. Like that's, I think that's kind of the angle they were going for. Mm-hmm. Um, couple different EQ modes on it, uh, full flat and scooped. And you know, got to scoop those mids. Let's be honest. Scoop them <laughs> up, man. Scoop them. Uh, actually, the full sounds the best to me. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a great sounding pedal. For those who don't know, it's a fuzz and like. I don't know what you would call the other sections. It's definitely like a fuzz and reverb, but there's like some crazy reverse reverb stuff going on. Uh, some weird modulation things happening. It's a, it's a really cool pedal. Horrible. Basically the, yeah, the, 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 the idea around it was to not to like completely replicate Kevin Shields pedal board, but uh, as you know, get as close as you can in a one pedal format. So that one covers a lot of ground. Um, and then the next pedal on my list, this there's a lot of different delays that could slot into this position, but I, I kind of go back to one of my old faithful and some guys in the industry I've gotten really close to, and that would be the Solid Gold Effects Electroman Mark II. Gotcha. That pedal is the 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 original Electroman was actually my first delay pedal that I ever bought, and I really liked it, and I played it for years. It's got you know. It's basically a modulated delay uh, with the effects, uh, an effects loop. So you can plug other pedals into there and, and impact the repeats, which is obviously a ton of fun. And then it's got a, a warp switch, which is basically the that's your runaway switch. So you want to hold a and and let the repeats kind of just go crazy. That's that switch is your friend. That's a foot um, switch. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's a momentary foot switch. Yes. So you can I like accentuate momentary. certain little parts and, and whatever with some noise. And, uh, yeah, the, the Mark two is actually, um, surprisingly much better sounding. And when I've talked to them over there, they're like, it's really, it's really only a Mark two in name. Like the circuits completely different and there's a lot more options. And this one has tails and a whole bunch of other stuff. And it just sounds, it has a lot more range on the controls. So brighter and darker repeats than the original, Plus all the good stuff that I liked from the original, so awesome. That would probably be my delay of choice. We've been, uh, I've been in. I can't even tell you how many email exchanges we've had with Solid Gold, <laughs> trying to organize a show. It, people don't re- understand out there. I really don't think they get it. Like how you you get it. Wrangling people to be on the show is like that. Is if I need a full time assistant just for that. And What's it's, so funny it's is is like most of the time yeah it's it's tricky but then what i've found lately uh with certain guests that i would expect to be really difficult to get 
Uh, they're just like, yeah, let's do it next Wednesday. And then it just wham, bam, we're done. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, like some higher, like kind of profile artists and stuff. I'm like, oh, you're probably really busy. And you're like, uh, I'm free Friday. Let's do it Friday. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. That yeah. was easier than I thought. <laughs> it is interesting how that plays out. We'll, we'll get into to the, uh, the podcasting bit of it. In right, a right, bit. right. Yes, right. We're, we're going down a different rabbit hole. How about number four? <laughs> number four. This one I've thought long and hard about. And I think I settled on the the thing that will give me, um, you know, maybe not the most uh, options, but uh, it, it gives me what I need. And I think I'm going to go with the Mr. Black Super Moon Eclipse. That one has been be. on before. Yeah, that's the one I'm going to go with. Because in stereo, it sounds so good. You didn't yeah. limit me to, to uh, on my amplifier, so at least I can have two amps. Uh, even though I can only have four pedals. So I'll go with the Superman Eclipse. <laughs> you could have four amps if you'd like. Oh, well, yeah. now we're talking. Now <laughs> yeah. we are talking. Quadrophenia. So what What about that it does it for you so much? Well, uh, the 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 way it sounds in stereo is really impressive. Um, again, like I know Jack really well, and he puts a ton of effort into things that most people don't even consider, and, you, and most players may not even realize um, until you plug it in and actually listen to it. And um, what I what I like about it, obviously, modulated reverb, the Supermoon's kind of a modern classic uh, sounding re- reverb. And the Eclipse gives you the Eclipse and the Supermoon Chrome and also, tr- you know, I, uh, true stereo in and out. So that's two distinct audio paths that are completely separated from each other. Wow. And and um, also, it's got a preset mode, and then you can. Um, one thing I love about about the new the new pedals that they're making is the way they implemented expression control. Honestly, should be industry standard. I have no idea why they were the first to do this, but you. So all the knobs are expression. You know, they can be controlled via expression if you want. And how do you assign what's expression and what's not? You just turn the knob all the way up. That's it. There's no menu to scroll through. You don't got to like tap anything or, you know, wave it back and forth and hold your tongue to the roof of your mouth just right or whatever the case may be. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, turn, mean, turn the knob all the way up. That one's expression control you can, now. Uh, do that at the show with no hesitation. Mm-hmm. Right in the middle yeah. of the show. Turn it up. Yep. It's really easy and you just look down like, oh, that's one's on. It's just, it's so silly that like, there's been some really, really smart engineers, you know, design pedals with expression control and assignable expression control, and they, none of them are that simple. I think that needs to be the new normal. Noted. I will send it to the council. Do it. <laughs> Wait, there's, a, there's a council? <laughs> yes, there, you don't know about the council? Secret pedal council, man. I, I would know if there was yeah. a council. Uh, this is well, that's a bummer. We were hoping you'd get us in. Um, oh. <laughs> I'll call Brian Wampler. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he'll know. Uh, all right, dude. That's pretty good. Four on the floor. That's four new ones. Well, I don't think we've had it. Well, the black. The, 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 uh, and, yeah. the, and, the and the, and the loomer. It wasn't the loomer on? No. 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 No, hasn't been on. Yeah. Uh, well, that's really cool. Uh, we will get that up and running. If you out there who are listening are not familiar uh, with Four on the Floor, maybe this is your first merry-go-round with us, you can check out on our website, 
Uh, we'll have each of those pedals posted with a little blurb from Blake and a link to actually purchase those. Uh, we don't get a dime off that, so we try to make sure the builders Maybe do. we should get a dime off of it. Eh, I don't want a dime off it. Let the builders get it, man. Okay. Yeah. No, you're um, a nice guy. I am. Uh, let's see. And so uh, you can check that on our Instagram. You can check it on our website. Yep. And um, thank you. Appreciate it. Good stuff. Okay. Now... Let's get into the business of why you're on the shoe. So you make podcasts about guitar stuff. We make podcasts about guitar stuff. So this should be a pretty good conversation, I think. You mentioned earlier, you said, I don't know if your audience list, you know, listens or whatever. It's like, it's, it's not that big of a world. I'm pretty sure we're sharing almost the exact same audience. <laughs> <laughs> so well, you never know. I mean, there's always, there's always new ones you can, you can, you know, garner. I'm, I'm still amazed at when people say, oh, I've been listening to guitar podcasts for years or I, you know, and I just found you and it's really, there's not that many. So if you're interested, just keep looking. There's loads of, of great ones out there. We've got lots of friends who are who are doing this and i think everybody's got a really unique voice and um they're worth hearing such as yourself blake oh well thanks now first of all we got to find out what's going on um you i want to get just a a quick setup so we're gonna you know you've probably told this a hundred times but can you give us the background on basically how you got started in this? And then we'll get into all kinds of great juicy stuff about the podcast and, and a little bit deeper who you are. Okay. Yeah. I'll give it a shot here. It's a, it's a, it's really kind of a funny story. It was, you know, based around me being obviously obsessed with gear and trying to figure out, like, I was like, I'd like to do something in this industry but I'm not a builder. You know, it's not where my strength lies. I'm, I'm handy with stuff. I can, you know, I built the studio that I'm in and things like that, but I'm just, I'm not, I'm not super detail oriented with that kind of a thing. And, and I was just like, but I'm fascinated with it. And I'm fascinated with the people who do it. And, and so I just kind of thought, well, I'm gonna, I guess I'll, I guess I'll try to do something. And I, the first thing I did was like, I've now I should say, and I think I've said this on a few different shows, but I didn't have any experience with social media. I didn't even have a Facebook account. I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't do any of it at all. It's just like, I'm like, ah, all my friends are, you know, my friends and well, I'll just call them if I need to talk to them. Like I didn't, I didn't really, I really didn't get it. And, uh, I just started looking around and one thing that happened was, uh, uh, Chris Benson, uh, shared a picture of that. I sent him on Instagram of Benson amps. Yeah, exactly. And it was an amp he'd built for me and he shared, shared the picture on his Instagram. And I'm like, wow, look at all these people like in this picture. Like that's kind of a cool thing. Like that's kind of interesting. (laughs) And, uh, and, uh, you're going to make a wonderful grandparent someday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Um, and, and, and to be fair, like I still don't really use it for personal things. I pretty much only use it for, guitar stuff and, and running stuff for clients, but that's another story. Um, anyway, I, I was like, well, I'll start an account. And so I, I started a, the tone mob account. I was going to start tone mob, but some like 
older Italian lady has the account Tone Mob. <laughs> and, uh, so I couldn't. Okay. <laughs> and so it's the Tone Mob. And, uh, and, and I posted a picture of my 1965 Ampeg J12. Just like I just, I just took a picture of it and was like, here we go. And some people liked it. And like somebody started following me like instantly. And I was like, huh, this is, this seems like this could be useful. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. said to myself and, um, and I just kept posting things and, and doing some more research on it. And then eventually got really into how all of that works and really fascinated kind of specifically with Instagram. It's still my favorite platform. Um, it just, it, I don't know, it just works for me. And, and so I started building an Instagram following and figured out I kind of had a knack for that and just kept going. Then I, I thought, well, I've got this thing going already. Maybe I, another thing I really like is podcasts and I don't see any podcasts interviewing guitar people. And there, there really wasn't at the time. And so I, I was like, well, I guess I'll give it a shot. And Ryan McCaffrey from McCaffrey audio. And I had been joking around about Hulk Hogan on Instagram back and forth. And so I direct messaged him and said, Hey, I'm thinking about starting this podcast. Would you like to be the first guest? And he said, yeah. And, um, I, I, we talked before about the app I use. I went up into the Hills in Portland after work. Cause it was the only quiet spot I could find. And I couldn't get, <laughs> get home soon enough to, uh, to, you know, to make the schedule lined up. So I just went after work and I literally just walked up into the Hills, fired up the app and we had a, a 30 minute conversation. And I said, I said, I know I said 30 minutes, but this really feels like it's not long enough. How about an hour? And, uh, he was like, sure. So we did an hour and then I just kept contacting people and pretty soon people were contacting me and it just kind of built on itself. And yeah, I recorded, I don't even know how many episodes I'd have to go back and look, but I want to say probably the first 40 or 50 episodes at or around my place of employment via this app called ringer. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, I, I posted in my Facebook group and maybe I can give you these photos if I can dig them up of the petroleum lab where I used to sit and record all these conversations. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, cause the job was such that like you, there was two things you were either running around like an absolute maniac with no time to even eat lunch or breathe, or there was nothing going on and you were just waiting for the next shift to come in. Right. And so when I was just waiting for the next shift to come in, I'm like, well, so I'll go record a podcast then. Yeah. And so that's, uh, that's how I record a lot. That's why you hear trains in the, in the early episodes and you hear all kinds of crazy things and weird beeps and squeaks and things. And I edited a lot of it out, but some of it just was impossible. And, uh, and so, yeah, it just kind of kept going and people kept listening. You know, that first episode I, I put it out and told Instagram about it and it was like, huh, got a hundred downloads hundred downloads, like in the first day or so, like that neat. this is, I was like, what? On? I was like, this is mind blowing. It was blowing my mind yeah. at the time. And, uh, yeah, I just kept going. And, and now it's like, I'm interviewing people that I never imagined that I would ever get to talk to at all. And so this is just, it's been the craziest experience. I was able to, to uh, move out of that job, you know, uh, around this time last year. And it's just been the crazy it's all it all comes back down to the podcast and 
and the people supporting that. And that's how, cause that's where most people know me from. And so it's just been insane to say the least. That's awesome. And not far from this, uh, you know, this podcast origin too. I think we, we, we both were doing it at work. Um, we didn't have trains, but we did have, uh, massive amounts of room reverb because we're in okay. a, a giant glass <laughs> aquarium aquarium <laughs> at our at our uh, at the agency that I worked at um but uh I share a lot of those same experiences especially the uh the one you know when you when you first you're when that 100 when that first 100 hits it's like it's like incredible you know and oh, it's mind blowing! And you're just going like, "How is this possible?" People like me. Well, <laughs> and then on top of that, if you go into your metrics and you're like, "Wait, there's well, like we found one guy on one on this. There was one person on this like remote island off of Sweden that was listening to us." And I was like, "If you're out there, we're saying hello right now." I'm like, oh, I was just blown away. Like there could be a guy walking down the street in Vietnam listening to us, which is true. They're there. We can map them. It's, it's just, it's fascinating. It's thrilling. I, so I, I'm right there with you, man. I, it's, it's, it's neat, especially when it's, when it's getting going and you're just like, wow, can you give us a couple highlights of your show so far? Oh, as far as, yeah, people I never thought I would talk to. Yeah. Um, well, I, uh, I, I never ever thought I would get to talk to, uh, Brian Fallon from the Gaslight Anthem. Um, big fan of that band and have been for many, many years. And so I, a, a pretty huge highlight was, um, you know, we, we were in, my wife and I were in New York for the fear of the riff expo, the first one uh-huh. or the second one, excuse me. And, um, they were playing gaslight was playing the 10 year anniversary of the 59 sound, a little mini tour they were doing and they were playing in Boston. And she's like, we got to go. Like we gotta go, and and I'd already been talking to Ian, and we we I'd already talked to Brian once before when they were in Portland, and um, and she's like, we gotta go, and I I messaged Ian, who's who's in the band too, and I was like, if I come down to Boston or go up to Boston rather, you think we could get a podcast? And he's like, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, we could do it, and so nice. yeah, it was pretty surreal to be sitting on the back of the tour bus with one of my favorite songwriters, just nerding out about the same stuff that we all nerd out about. And I'm like, you know, just hanging out and I'm like, man, it's like trying not to make it weird. But it's like, I've been listening to you for a really long time and, and, you know, trying to be not that guy, but right. at the same time, mentally being totally. It's, yeah. It's hard guy. not to fanboy, except you're like, yeah, but that's what this is for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, and, and what's even more amazing is just, uh, you know, we really hit it off. And so, you know, now we're kind of like texting buddies and I'm just like, this is freaking cool. My nice. wife's like, are you talking to Brian again? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that, that was definitely a, a highlight. And uh, yeah, it's nice that he's now, he's definitely a, a really good guy. And we, we talk on the regular and it's, and it's become, you know, we, we've kind of crossed that fan barrier. Now it's like, you know, you're just a great guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I enjoy talking with you. You mentioned uh, your studio. Tell us about yes. the studio you built. So it's not it's not anything that's like um, it's not impressive by studio standards, but it's probably pretty impressive by 
the dedication to hoarding gear standard standards. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I had, my son was going to be born and I had, I had two options. My options were sell some stuff because it's not fitting in this room in this house anymore. Plus you're not really going to be able to play that much because there's going to be a new baby and the baby's going to sleep and you don't get to wake that baby. Um, and the other option was build something out in the backyard to hold all my stuff and soundproof it as much as you can afford to so that you can play pretty much whenever you want. And I chose option B because, you know, why not? And uh, so, yeah, it's about it's it looks bigger than it is. It looks pretty big because it's really tall, but it's it's only about 300 square feet or so. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's yeah, it's primarily just a, a music room and yeah, it's it's really tall. I made it with really tall ceilings in case I ever wanted to record drums out here because that helps the sound quite a lot. So it's like it's about fourteen six, I believe, to the peak. Um, so oh, pretty wow. tall for for a three hundred square foot building. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's my it's my office now. It's my I call it, I have affectionately called it the shred shed, which a lot of people think I invented that term. That's not true. I first heard one of the guys on the the original iteration of the Chasing Tone podcast uh, use that. I can't remember if it was Max or Travis, but uh, that's where I got that term. I kind of stole it uh-huh. from them. So, yes. And I've tried to be very clear about that, but some people still think <laughs> I'm the shred shed inventor. It's like, no, no. They invented the term. Yeah. But uh, that's what I've called it. And it's, yeah, it's just my little, my, my. My gear hoarding uh, home away podcast from home. studio, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I it's the most beautiful thing about it. Well, from the outside, it's it's other than looking tall, it's fairly unassuming. But uh, when you go inside, it looks pretty cool when it's not a total disaster, which it almost always is. But it's uh, it's all like reclaimed fence boards on the walls and ceilings and stuff, so it it looks it looks pretty cool in my in my humble estimation. Plus, nice. it was nice because I didn't have to do any fine finished carpentry. I could just throw bo- uh, cheap wood on the, or not cheap wood, but just throw unfinished wood on the walls. And like, hey, that looks great. Let's go leave it like that. <laughs> you you don't want it to look like another house on the outside, right? I mean, you don't want people to to say, oh, look at that. That looks really nice. I want to go and see what's inside that. You know, because that's that's something I would do. I would kind of camouflage you'd, you'd it. Cre- you creep around people's backyards looking at how good their sheds are. I think people. I, I think he does. I think he does. Actually, no. We had somebody uh, walking through our neighborhood last week, um, checking car doors and shed doors and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Fun. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Uh, do you think that the old wood helps with the sound? Um. Well, I don't think that it necessarily impacts the sound per se, but it did change the dimension slightly. I thought I was going to have to do a bunch of room treatment out here. When I first got it built and drywalled, I'd come out here and, and clap, and there was definitely a loud, like a very, very loud, weird reflection. I was right. like, ooh, going to have to do some treatment. That's not going to fly. And then I put the wood up, and it's all basically uniform, but I think it was just enough variation that it eliminated that. So nice. I'm like, good. I don't have to spend any money on sound treatment. That worked out. Yeah, and, uh, not so for us. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what what's really strange about it is I I have a friend uh, locally with a really really nice studio, and he you know he got way nerdier than me and got into doing you know calculating room dimensions and trying to find the perfect ratios and all that, and he just he knew I was building it and I I sent him the specs. He just was curious. He's like, I just want to run these numbers and see what your ratios are, and then he he messaged me back and he was like, Hey, 
who gave you these dimensions? I was like, uh, my yard. Cause that's what it looks like. What, what would fit there? And he's like, these are not perfect, but they're really, really close. I'm like, well, okay then. And I found like, I can just throw mics up kind of willy nilly and things generally just sound good out here. It's a nice sounding room. So I will be measuring this thing and saving these dimensions if I ever move and have to build this again. I'll, I will try to replicate it. Now, are you going to have to build another one because you're having a new baby? No, no, that's okay. There's enough. Uh, there's enough space in our house for the <laughs> the other baby. But um, it's uh, yeah. Once I got all my junk out of there, it's amazing. There was so much more room in the house once all my stuff got Shocking. out of there. I know it's weird. when I'm not there, there's lots of room, <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah, cool. it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it'll be, I should be still pretty secure. Good. With, uh, I, I can still hoard more gear. Well, and, and speaking of the new baby, when we were trying to orchestrate this, uh, <laughs> this interview, we, uh, you, you let me know and we like, Hey, this, this may have to get postponed because I'm ready for a new one. Like literally any, any oh, wow. day, any minute. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we get through the call and you don't get the, you know. <laughs> well, I want to talk about speaking of hoarding new gear. Uh, you know, we know that you have a pedal or two that you like. And guitars. But. And amps. Well, we want to talk about guitars and amps. So we, I, I, I'd like you to know what your all-time favorite guitar and all-time favorite amp is. That yeah. is either in your collection currently or was at one point or might be in the future. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this is actually a little easier than the pedal question. Um, my all-time favorite amp is indeed in my collection, and it is the Benson Amps Vincent. Ah, yes. Yes. Um, so a, a lot of people might know the kind of the backstory on that, but I'll try to I'll try to condense it as much as I can. So the Benson Amps Vinny is is an amp that I first commissioned from Chris saying, Hey, I just want like a little toy amp for my son so that he can have an amp that matches his dad's. And Chris said, well, if I'm, if I'm going to make an amp, it's going to sound good. And so he, he and I kind of talked about it a little bit. You know, I didn't really have a, too much input on that one other than I was like, Hey, can you make this with an instrument level, um, uh, output on it because it's just a small one watt guitar amplifier it sounds huge but it's a one watt mm -hmm. and he's like oh yeah sure and i started finding that my favorite overdrive sound was plugging the vinny into my monarch and just driving the vinny like crazy because the out the instrument level output is is post power tube so it just sounds just massive when you put it in front of a bigger amplifier and, and, and so for, for those who don't know the monarch is the benson sort of flagship amp yeah, yeah, it was their it was their kind of the the thing that put them on the map. Yeah. Um and and so I was talking to Chris about that and I was like, "Yeah, dude, people don't understand how amazing the Vinny sounds when you plug it into a bigger amplifier. It just is the craziest sounding thing." And we were going back and forth and he called me actually on that same New York trip where uh I was just walking down 5th Avenue and this is like, I think this is like the moment my wife realized how huge of a nerd I really am. <laughs> Cause like my eyes lit up. Cause I was like, dude, you make channel switching amp. You put the Vinny circuit in there as the drive circuit. And then you have the chimera as the, which is his uh, 30 watt amp mm -hmm. uh, have the chimera as, as the main kind of amplifier. And then you have the Vinny switchable. And so he thought about it for a while and, and 
you know, we're going back and forth and she's like, we're in New York city. Like, why don't you like enjoy New York city and stop talking about guitar amplifiers. Um, but anyway, we kind of went back and forth on that one. And, uh, I sweet talked Chris into putting an effects loop in it, which is, he's not normally big on, but since this effects loop is in between the Vinny circuit and the, and the uh, chimera, well, it's a kind of a modified chimera circuit. Uh, it doesn't really sound like the, he doesn't have the qualities of effects loop that he does not like. It sounds more like going into the front of an amplifier because in effect it is. Um, but yeah, so that's that's basically it. The Benson Vincent is a, if you want a super clean pedal platform, it's there. If you want like a super like overdriven sound, you click the, the Vinny section on and it's there. And uh, also I should say, my son's name is Vincent, so mm. obviously I'm pretty biased on that one. <laughs> um, I, I named nice. my guitar uh, Vinny, actually. You did. That's yeah. right. The the uh, the one that Chase uh, put together. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how about a how about a guitar? Pick a guitar. One. Yeah, a guitar. So that one's actually fairly easy too. If this if this building started burning down, I would 100% go grab my uh, 1955 Les Paul Junior and I'd run. Yeah, run fast. Um, yeah, because there'd be also, lots of people chasing you for that. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna have to chase me hard because that one is also uh, was uh, also my grandpa's. So. Oh, cool! Oh, wow! Yeah, Did, tell, tell us a little bit about that. So, yeah, it's it does have kind of an interesting story to it in that my grandpa played guitar, but he wasn't primarily a guitar player. He was mostly a piano player, and he was watching Antiques Roadshow in the early two thousands, oh, or maybe mid mid two thousands. And, and he, he was like, Hey, I have one of those guitars <laughs> <laughs> and the, it uh, came on, it just came on and he was, he just told, yeah, and, you know, at the time the vintage guitar market was at its absolute peak. Um, and so he's like the one that pulled out, it was like, it went for like $10,000 or something, right. which is not normal for a junior these days. Um, they're still, they're not cheap, but they're not $10,000. And, uh, they're getting up there though, dude. Are they really? I've been yeah, out of it for a little the bit. The clean ones are. Anyway, yes. Oh, I might have to pick your brain about that. But yeah. uh, it, it, and he just looked over at my grandma. He's like, I got one of those and went and got it out of the closet. And wow, and this, this is what was so funny. He was talking to a friend of my dad's who uh, was at the time a really big vintage guitar nut. And he was like, yeah, I seen this on Antiques Roadshow, but it was a, that one was a lot cleaner. It's like, I'm thinking about taking it and because uh, this finish is all cracked. Uh, I think I might go take it uh, and go get it refinished. Uh, uh, I just feel and, it in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. And, and my, my, uh, my dad's friend was like, no, don't do it. <laughs> no. Don't do it. And so he, he didn't, thankfully. And uh, and then it kind of went out of sight, out of mind. And uh, I I had, this was around the time I just started playing guitar. And so I um, I... I years later was talking to him about it. I was like, don't you have an old junior in here? And he pulled it out. And the, this is in 55, they fixed this in 56, but in 55, the bridge, the bridge posts, the holes are too close to the humbucker route. So there's not enough meat there. Mm. And so they, they tend to pull forward over the years. And this one was pulled forward a little bit. So I told him like, Hey, I, I know some shops. I'll take it. I'll get this fixed and bring it back. So you can play the thing. Cause right now it's kind of unplayable. Mm hmm. And so I did that and I, and uh, got new tuners because the old tuners were were crumbling off of the pegs. I still have them, 
but they were they're unusable mm-hmm. in that ca- condition. So, um, got it all set up for him, got it dialed, and brought it back. And he's like, "Oh yeah, this is great. This is awesome. Why don't you just keep it?" I'm like, <laughs> I'm like "What? Uh, excuse me? Is it uh, like TV yellow? Uh, yeah, no, it's sunburst. a sunburst. Sunburst. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sunburst. Um, and so yeah, that's that's easily my number one. Um, like very very easily. That's that's cool. a, that's, that's a cool one to have. That's cool. Oh man, I want one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, man. Well, that was a lot easier. I I thought you, we'd we'd that would be like a, oh you're what am I gonna do? But hey, you know what you like, you got it. That's cool. Very few people actually have the guitar and amp of their dreams. So good on yeah, you. Yeah, I feel pretty pretty fortunate. I and it's not the it's not the only one either. Uh, a close contender and obviously it's going to lose out due to the family and the actual monetary value of the junior, but a really close contender would be my 81 Les Paul custom, which might sound weird to a lot of people, but I wanted a, I wanted a, a white Les Paul custom for years, like years and years and years. And part of that was it due to one of my most recent guests actually, which is just again, mind blowing. But when I was a teeny bopper, uh, my chemical romance were huge, huge band oh, at yeah. the time. And I, I watched, I watched Frank playing this, this, uh, this white Les Paul. He was always playing a white Les Paul. And I was like, that is the coolest thing. And then also other bands I liked bouncing souls, which was the reason he got it. Ironically, uh, they, he played a, a white Les Paul, lots of, uh, lots of hardcore bands. I liked played white Les Paul's. You know, of course, Randy Rhodes. Sure. You know, there was lots of sources, but the one that really stuck in my teenage brain was uh, Frank Iro was playing one. And so I always wanted one. And I was for years, I would go play one and I'm like, oh, I don't really like this. It doesn't play very good and doesn't sound very good. And finally, finally, uh, one came up for sale and I, I, I went and played it unplugged in. I was like, ooh. I think there might be something to this. And I was like, Oh, I don't really have the money right now. <laughs> and so I, I put it back. I, I, it was at old town music here in Portland. I put it back. I'm like, not going to plug it in. Cause if I plug it in, I think I won't be able to take it. And I went home and I, I, I told I told my wife about it and she, she like was like, Oh, that's cool. You know? And then oh, as the, the weeks progressed, um, <laughs> she finally get, was like, will you stop? talking about that guitar. Uh, I was like, I was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. She's like, no, just shut up and go get the thing. <laughs> oh, I, wow. was like, I was like, uh, okay. marry that girl. Oh wait, you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's, it's so crazy. And, and so I, I, it just by, by chance, cause there was a lot, a couple people that were, were really interested in buying it by chance. It was still there. I plugged it in. Tim Shaw humbuckers were just screaming. And I was like, ah, it's finally happened. It's finally happened. And I just found this out a couple weeks ago. I've had the guitar for probably a year, year and a half or so. Uh, one of the guys that really wanted it was Bill from Mastodon. So I snuck oh, in and, nice. and stole it out from under for Bill. And I kind of feel bad, but kind of not at the same time because he's already got some. Yeah, probably. Ugh. Yeah, that's that'd be that'd be a great guess. I'd I'd like to talk to him. Yeah. I, and I hope he doesn't get mad and try to punch me because I took his <laughs> guitar. But uh, so you you also developed something in your um, 
and your, uh, I guess, your quest for guitarness. Uh, tell us about the the pedal. You got you did some pedals, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So there's been some Tone Mob collaboration projects. Uh, there's been there's been several. Um, the only one that's technically like Tone Mob branded on the pedal itself is the the Model 001 or Model One mm-hmm. uh, from uh, that Solid Gold Effects helped me make. And um, there's a couple different versions. And with the exception of the purple and gold germanium version, the the circuits are all the same. They're just aesthetically different. Um, but that that was like kind of my um, sort of like my perfect fuzz in a lot of ways. It was just like I I I, I told him what I wanted, and Greg absolutely just knocked it out of the park. It it has a lot of variations in it, a lot of variations that aren't even really uh, out there in the demos that much. It actually, especially the germanium version has some really good low gain drive characteristics and you know can go from just splatty to like like wall of of distortion sounds or you know velcro like it's got a lot of different tones in it and I'm really really happy with with how it came out that's the only actual tone mob brand in one but there's been several others but that's um, I don't know if you want to, want me to get into all of them but there there's been I don't remember eight or so oh geez like, yeah, there's well, been several having the, having your own like the to, you know the the 001 that's that's pretty cool man. That's a, that's got to be a good feeling especially you, you and I are again not dissimilar in the fact it's like I'm not a I'm not a builder. I have built a couple pedals, but I that's just not where I'm going to go. So the idea of having one would be amazing, but then actually having one is probably really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 insane. I, I mean, we, we keep talking about like what the podcast has led to, and it's like the things that it's let me do, and that's one of them. That's a big one. And then like getting to see kind of what the development process like is behind all that. I mean, that's mm-hmm. part of that's part of what I do now, and um, for you know for several different companies and. And, you know, I'm, I've been hinting at it for a long time and I still can't give full details, but I'm working on something with a couple of really smart people that's going to be really, really awesome and far beyond anything I've been able to do so far. So I, I wish I could say more, but no, that's fine. Just hint, uh, uh, hint at me offline when, <laughs> when it's ready. Will do. Uh, now, one of Jared's favorite things is also one of your favorite things. Yeah, pizza, man. Do you like thin mm. crust, thick crust? Are you into the sauce? <laughs> like, what's your favorite? What Right now, if you were to order a pizza and it was going to be all yours, what would it be? So there's a if – I, if I could pick anywhere, does it have to be, like, something that's available to me or do I no. – or can I go anywhere? Okay. If, if I could pick anywhere, I think I would go – Hmm. I think I would go to New York City. I'm a big sucker for the the New York slice. Ah, the big old I, I, full, <laughs> nice big slice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I really like Joe's in New York City. That's kind of a, a classic. Uh, you know, like it's it is like the quintessential. New York slice. You know what I mean? Um, Folder. But my favorite pizza experience ever was at Grimaldi's in Brooklyn. Uh, And yeah, oh, it's just so, so good. Oh man, I still think about it. 
Love love Grimaldi's in Brooklyn. It's so so delicious. <laughs> what okay, so what's what's the toppings on on the Grimaldi? Oh, you you can get different things. I mean, you, but you're your not gonna toppings go wrong. right now. Oh, what are you ordering? Oh, right now I'll probably do from there. I'd probably do like some. I just keep it real real simple. Do some like pepperoni and Italian sausage. Check. I think that sounds check. pretty good. <laughs> it's, there's a Mr. Grimaldi calling. <laughs> what do you want on your pizza? <laughs> so much yeah. has to do about the amount of everything and every little ingredient that makes it that good and how it's cooked and how it's made. How long was it cooked? All that kind of thing. I think the very best slice of pizza I've ever had in my life. And there was a lot of them, but it was at the Italian <laughs> festival in Cleveland. They're not different. He just means like lots of actual slices. That's right. No, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in, uh, they pick on anything I say. So I was in Cleveland at the Italian festival and this guy was making this, these small little personal pizzas uh, out of a, um, it was a, a, a wagon with a, uh, a brick fired, it was like a stone fired pizza or brick fired, one of yep. the two. And it was super, it was like like paper thin crust, barely any cheese on it, but the sauce was so good. It just, I can't explain it. it He's about to eat the microphone. I've never had <laughs> a slice of pizza taste so good with the least amount of cheese that was on that pizza. Well, yeah, it, it was amazing. It was crazy. All oh, those wow. things. On next week's pizza podcast. Yeah, right? that's right. <laughs> uh, so, Blake, we're gonna we're gonna kind of uh, start to wrap it up here. But um, I, I'm curious to know: Do you think things are going in a certain direction? Do you have any premonitions? What are you feeling that's happening right now? Is there a movement coming? Is it what's happening? So, in my opinion, the uh, the movement's already happening, and. And I, 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 you know, there was a lot of doom and gloom about, oh, guitar's going to die because Washington Post said so and blah, 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 blah. Gibson was in trouble, blah, blah, blah. All that, all that was nonsense, in my opinion. You know, we're, like you said, we're, we're deep in it. And so maybe it's, maybe I'm too deep to really see the reality, but Gibson failed, you know, they're, they're restructuring. They're, they're trying to get back on their feet, but well, they, they got Mark Mangese now. I mean, geez, Louise. That's right. They'll be fine. Right. He can't say it's Stratterday though. That no. would be bad. <laughs> um, but no, it's a, uh, it you know, it, Gibson wasn't struggling because they weren't selling guitars. They were selling guitars. They struggled. They they were struggling because they they had some bad business deals on the consumer electronics side. They overleveraged themselves and blah 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 blah. All that's pretty obvious if you really look into the the reports and stuff. Uh, they were selling guitars, and I happen to I can't say who exactly, but I talked to somebody at Fender recently that said in 2018, they sold more guitars than they ever have in the history of the company. Wow. So, you know, and, and there's all these publications like, Oh, retail sales are down. Yeah. Okay. Retail sales are down. It's cause guitar center kind of sucks. Yeah. And <laughs> mom and pop stores tend to be better. And also think about how much buying happens direct we got companies, you know, that are doing several million dollars in revenue that doesn't they don't report it to anybody but the government. So how would these publications know, you know, that that these things are dying? They're using all these outdated metrics and yeah. all this stuff. I I personally think there's more people playing guitar now than there ever have been and I think that is reflected in the numbers if you really look at things yeah. and you really know what you're looking for. So to me, I think we're we're probably on the cusp of seeing 
you know, I, I do think there's a lot of uh, a cyclical nature in our media and our culture. And, you know, I, I think about, you know, the waves of, of guitar music being real prevalent. And the last time it was like hyper prevalent with youth was basically my generation, the, what I like to say, the warp tour generation, mm -hmm. like a lot of people who weren't close to that scene don't realize how massive and how influential some of those bands were wristband on, rock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on, on guys, my age and girls, my age, like they were huge, huge. Everyone was listening to that stuff. My, like half of my high school went to an anti-flag concert. It was mm -hmm. crazy. Like it's a, uh, and I, I think we're going to see that again as, as guys my age are starting to have kids. I, I feel like when, when my generation's kids are teenagers and tw in their twenties, we're probably going to see some pretty incredible guitar based music coming out. That's, that's my high level view of it all. Yeah. I mean, if I think that's going to happen too, at least I'm banking on it. I mean, we, what am I going to do if nobody pickups? I know. What am I going to do? Yeah, but I mean, country country hasn't gone anywhere off the charts. I mean, there's country still super mega, you know, up there. You, these young kids either like country or rap. It seems like, but uh, you know, the the guy playing the guitar. You know, there's always some dude playing guitar in country. The, the I lead think player, the, the star up front. One of the big issues, though, is that there's a, been a tremendous amount of complacency and if you if you think about like in history it, it's not just these things but whenever people get really pissed they turn to the guitar and they make some rad music and then yeah. people are like yeah i feel like that too yeah. all right oh, man <laughs> with that i'm gonna get out of this mess uh jared you got something for us but well because ladies and gentlemen it's time for would you rather this week's Beautiful. would you rather is brought to us by our friend on instagram jason at road noise music on instagram check him out so would you rather play a gig with your absolute favorite strings your favorite gauge strings but they're going to be two years old and rusty and dull and sound crappy and all that kind of thing. Or would you rather play a nice, new, fresh pair of strings on your guitar, but they're going to be three gauges different than your favorite strings? That's a mm. weird That's a weird and interesting question. Tony Baloney, hit us. Three gauge differences? It, it, yes. It could be. So... Two gauge difference if if three so, gauges two. If, if you're playing heavier nines, or lighter, now you got twelves. It doesn't matter. Heavier. <laughs> well, okay. unless you're playing twelves and you got to play nines. Oof. You can't get much lighter than eights, so you have to okay. do heavier. Yeah. Man, I mean, just nasty old strings are not good. <laughs> Plain and simple. You might get ten or the tetanus. Tetanus. Uh, you could get tetanus from tetanus. it. Ah, uh, geez. I mean, even though the gauge difference is there, I mean, I, I'd be okay if it went heavier, but if it went lighter, I go sharp every time. I'm used to playing pretty heavy strings, uh, mm. but I, I, I'll go with the new strings. All right. Ding, 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 ding. You got the, you got your own right answer, Jared. How about you? I'm gonna go with the fresh new because I got pretty big, tough hands. I can bend those, you know, thirteens or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I can a, I could bend acoustic strings pretty well, so 
I'm good with the fresh strings. I can I can hack it for a night. I'll oh. just suffer the next day. Okay. Uh, Blake, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm with these guys. I'll, I'm going to go with the fresh strings that are way too heavy. Because like you said, you're not going to go much lighter than like eights or something. Like that's just not going to happen. Right. And I can I can deal with that. You know, I, I don't want to play strings that light myself, but I can handle it. And if you went three stages up from where I'm at, which is usually I'm usually playing in ten and a half or elevens, uh, that would be pretty heavy. But I've done it before and could definitely handle it and would much prefer that because it would stay in tune mainly. Just yes. tune down. When yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't Three, slice steps. your fingers to pieces either. <laughs> I'm going with new ones. I I think you'd be you'd have to be pretty hard pressed to to say I really can only play the gauge that I always play. I think um, any you know and and plus again the tune. The only cool thing about doing having to play like if you're doing a live show and you're like oh i forgot to change my strings four years ago or whatever it was <laughs> i don't know is that you could pull a neil young and just hit a big power chord and then all basically all of them just pop right off that uh, that would be kind of epic i think i would dig that kind of moment it wouldn't sound good but it would definitely look good it would look really cool it would look great yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh all right well that was pretty fun uh we got a couple things and then we're gonna get on out of here tony baloney you got something for me here I do, uh, because at this point in the show, there is a very special group of people that we like to thank. Probably sitting around right now. What? Well, what's an executive producer? How Some, do I become an executive? Somebody producer? important. That's right. So what you want to do is go to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs and find out all the various levels that you can become a patron of this very podcast. Our favorite level. The people that help us the most and most consistently are our executive producers. And one of the benefits in including the various great prize packages that you get, T-shirts, barefoot buttons, picks, stickers, is Jared, what's, what's, what's the best part of being an executive producer? Well, like right now, you get to have your name read on the thing, man. You get your name read on the thing. That's and right. that's what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to thank our executive producer. Let's thanks Christopher Heidel. Uh, how about Tyg Harmon? Mm-hmm. Uh, how about Tyler Bray, John Anglin, Anthony Lanthrop, Johnny Knowles, Stefan Lam, Rick Langlou, Langlou, Michael McVeigh, Michael Senchuk, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik, Ken Sayers, Corey Nigro, Brad Partridge, Michael Van Zant, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory. Robert Marfleet, Chris Kearney, Sean S. 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 Oliver Gonzalez, John Daly, Robin Smith, Pete Marshall, Carlos Mancha, Matt Brammer, David Wolfson, Martin Cliff, and, and Tom Marazin. Thank you, all those one things. and all. Yes, sir, Bob. We are so appreciative of y'all. And, uh, you know, I, I, Tony, I, you might be doing something right because we, we keep getting new ones. And uh, the, you guys, when, when I get that little message, uh, the first thing I do is I ring these guys up and I am just thrilled to death. And I, and I run and I write a nice note and uh, we package everything up and it's a lot of fun for us. Um, and we had, we've had many of our old guests contribute great swag to put in those bags of stuff that we send you guys. So uh, much thanks. You are truly helping to keep the lights on in our studio. 
Blake, where can people get a hold of you? They can find me just about anywhere. Uh, I'm at the Tone Mob on all the socials, pretty much. Um, Instagram being the primary, if that's uh, that's your thing. And they can find me on Facebook. They can find me on email at info at tonemob.com. And they can check out the podcast. It's called the Tone Mob Podcast on pretty much wherever they want to listen to podcasts. And if you can't find it, email me and I'll try to make sure it goes wherever you need it to go. So, bueno. Yeah. Awesome. Tony? Muy, muy bueno. Uh, let's say you want a special pick guard. Let's just say you want to change out pickups. Let's just say you're just tired of a plain white pickguard. You want something different. Mm-hmm. Sparkles. Sparkle. I know a yeah. guy that likes sparkles. Gold we, sparkle, baby. Go over to pickguardian.com. No forward slash, no nothing. Just go to pickguardian.com. <laughs> and uh, you'll see some of the stuff. There's some items you can order online. But if you have something very special in mind, contact me either through the website or at uh, info at pickguardian.com or go over to Instagram uh, to the handle uh, pickguardian and the number one and see some of the projects I've been working on, some different things that I'm doing. Excellent. Jared. Well, if you are interested in getting some new pickups, even some new old looking pickups to match your old guitar, go to uh, Brandon. What about old, old look, old pickups that look new? Actually, I've got some of those, I too. I might have broke them. <laughs> I think <Okay>. you broke them, <laughs> but I keep them. Anyway, uh, go to BrandonWomPickups.com, and uh, I'll take care of you there. My email's on the thing, and and uh, yeah, just get a hold of me and stuff. There you go. Get some new pickups. Thanks. Todd, what about you? you How can, can people get a hold of you? Todd at TheGuitarNobs.com. Shoot me an email or direct message me on Instagram. Please let us know what your uh would you rather is and again if you're out there wearing our shirts or our pins that we send you like take a picture send it to us yep blake we're so stoked that you hung out with us on this show we had a great time talking with you man yeah that was a lot of fun good lots and lots of fun excellent um well continued success with your endeavors uh, it sounds like you have quite a few of them going on please keep us posted on those and we're happy to uh, let our listeners know what you're up to as you send those to us we'll definitely do definitely right definitely i'll put you on the uh put you on the what whatever the media list the special list stuff. yes <laughs> yes <laughs> which may not be the good one i'm not really <laughs> sure <laughs> you've made the list again todd uh, hey, welcome to the list <laughs> yes the mob's coming to your house <laughs> oh yeah we'll get you on that council too uh all right hey everybody have a great guitar week we will hit you guys up next time and in the meantime subscribe Gosh, stop it. Pizza. Yeah. Cheeseburgers. You, you ever can... come to Patasco, Ohio, which you probably never will? We'll get you a Thurman burger. I like that too. <laughs> I will treat you to one of the best burgers you've ever had. It sounds like you've uh you have a lot of things in life that sounds like you know what you like and, and enjoy them a lot. Like pizza. You got your <laughs> that's the one. That's, that's, <laughs> Hey, man, it, he's not upset that I mentioned pizza. <laughs> no, I really like pizza. Yeah. I like you. I believe it. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com 
forward slash The Guitar Knobs. Visit our website at theguitarnobs.com for all of our past episodes, Four on the Floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.